Thanks for listening to the New Life Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I want to talk to you today about a uh, very practical side of faith. Because when we talk about faith, a lot of times we, th- we think in terms of the miraculous or mountain-moving faith and, you know, just, just this big faith. It's just big, uh, miracle-moving, mountain move. But then there's the everyday faith. And sometimes, to me, the everyday faith, the ability to just stay confident in God on an everyday basis, though everything kind of is happening around you, the everyday faith is sometimes harder to get a hold of than it is to kind of ramp up and have this miraculous kind of faith. Amen? Now, we serve a miracle-working God, and so He's able to move mountains, and He does. But he also wants us to understand that though you go through the valleys, though you have things that come against you, though, though uh, things can start to pile up, life has a way of throwing things at you, and sometimes they pile up against you. God still wants you to have faith that he has not fallen off the throne. He's there with you. He's still God. Can you say amen? And, and so... You know, I, I'd like to be able to say that we're always steadfast, unmovable, but we are emotional people. And if two or three things start to turn sideways on us, we start to get emotional. We start to let our emotions begin to run our, our lives. And the next thing you know, uh, we're, 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 we're losing it. We're losing all of our confidence, all of our stability, all of our everything. We start to lose it and we start to, we start to say the wrong things and collapse and, 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 and want to sit down or want to quit or want to give up. Or... And you know, it doesn't take much for depression to try to get on you. And sometimes depression isn't this deep, dark, gloomy thing. It can be that. But a lot of times depression is it just has taken the wind out of your sails. You just... I don't have it. I just, I just don't know. I mean, I, I used to think, but now I don't know. Uh, you know, I used to think the kids, but now I don't know. I used to think my marriage, but now I don't know. And, and, and the devil just wants you to lose the wind out of your sail. He just wants you to lose that edge. He just wants you to lose that vigor. He wants you to lose that adventure, the journey, the hope. The, the confession, he wants you to lose it. And, and, and he takes the edge off of your life. And the th- awesome thing about your life is that you are a Christian. You serve Christ. And you can walk around and have on you the things that others can notice. There, there, there's a life. There is, a, there is an inner life. There is a spirit life about you. But if you begin to lose that because you become emotionally kind of depressed and or, or, or gloom or doom, things start to pile up against you. Before you know it, you've lost that everyday faith and you start to just have an emotional pity party. And I want you to know that before you meet Christ, you have no way of combating that sort of thing. You have no way of coping with things when they begin to pile up. But after you meet Jesus Christ, here's the thing about him. He becomes your Lord and your master. He becomes the master of your life. He becomes the master of your life. He becomes the master of everything that would start to come. All the complicated stuff, all the weird stuff, all the things shooting off you, all the things bouncing off you. He becomes the master of that. Now, you have to understand, before he was the master of your life, there was no master. Except you, and you're no master. 
You can't handle the complicated stuff. You can't handle the weird stuff. You can't handle stuff going sideways. You can't handle the, the worse. You can't handle the kids. <laughs> you can't handle your marriage. I mean, how far do I need to go here, guys, before I get an amen? <laughs> because you're not a master. You're just you. But you need the master. You know, the, the, the word maestro comes out of the word master. It means the master of something, to orchestrate very complicated things like an orchestra, musicians, all the different frequencies, all the different beats, and, 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 and you know, how everything harmonizes together. You become the maestro. Well, Jesus is the maestro of your life. And though it gets complicated, and though things come at you that you've, you've not prepared for, or you've never seen before, or maybe our consequences from the past, though this stuff starts to hit the fan, guess what? There is a maestro now that says, I can work all that stuff together for good to him who loves me. Can you say amen? amen. He is the maestro. He is the master of your life. I thank God that he's my savior. I thank God he's my Lord, but I thank God he is the master of who I am and where I'm going. He's the master. You want to know where I'm going? Check with him. I'm not sure, but I'm sure he knows. <laughs> Amen? He is the person in charge. I am no longer in charge. And, and I thank God. He, he's, he's the one now. You know, um, but what happens is that's hard for us to understand when things start to go sideways. When things start to pile up, it's hard for us to get back to that place where we say, no, 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 he's the master. You know why? Because your experience in the past has taught you that rather than say things have a way of working out, we used to always say things have a way of going from bad to worse. Things have a way of getting complicated. You better jump on that. You better work on that. Things have a way of getting complicated. You better get, get on that. You better work on that thing because things have a way of going from bad to worse. In fact, in my life, I have seen the thing go from bad to worse. I know how this whole thing is going to go. I've seen it. I, it's happened. So now this is the way I process life. I begin to see a little things, two or three things pile up. I went for the job interview and the, and the guy was, wasn't even there. I begin to see things are beginning to pile up here. I'm going to be out of a job. I'm going to be out of the thing. I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage. I'm not going to be able to pay my car. Oh, no, I begin to see things begin to pile up. So all of a sudden, this is the way I process life. But I want you to know, when you meet Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, he becomes the master. And these things are not going to begin to pile up and work against you and turn from bad to worse. But actually, these things, they have a way of working out. Things have a way of working out. All of a sudden, things have a way of working out. As for me in my house, I don't know why. I'm just telling you, things have a way of working out. This is the foundation thought process that we should be able to apply to everything, and especially when things start to go sideways. Especially when things start to get weird or complicated, and you can't handle it. And rather than get depressed, you need to tell yourself, hey, you know what? Things have a way of working out. I'll tell you, the more complicated it gets, the more the Lord enjoys it. Watch, he'll never figure this out, but watch what I do. It's like the Lord has four billion ways of solving a problem, and he, he, he likes to do it different every time. It's, it's so awesome about God that the more complicated it is, the more he's into it, the more he's going to shock you and show you he had it all under control the whole time. 
I love the fact that God is the master. Jesus is the master of our lives now. But you have to understand the everyday practical side of faith will tell you that things have a way of working out. You may have lost your job. You may have had some weird stuff happen. But you know what? Things have a way of working out. Would you just turn and tell your neighbor right now? I want you to say it. Things have a way of working out. I mean, you need to say it convincingly. I see some of you shrugging, like, things have a way of working out. No, no. See, you've got you to gotta throw down the old way of thinking. Things turn from bad to worse. This always happens to me. You can't believe, but this, always, this is always, always happens. You've got to stop that way of processing things, and you have to start to, start to reformat the, the hard drive up here and say, you know something, I am with Christ, and things have a way of working. I know this doesn't look good. I know this looks a little bit, I, you know something, though? I know the Lord. Things have a way of working out. I want to prophesy this to your life. I want to prophesy to the parents that are here. And maybe your kids have turned a little sideways and making some ill-advised decisions that have walked away from the Lord or whatever. But I want you to know, keep praying, keep believing, keep that everyday faith, because things have a way of working out. And God has not fallen off the throne. He knows who you are. He knows what you're going through. Mother, keep praying. Father, keep praying. Well, the economy, well, the stock market, well, now this has happened, well, now that's happened, now, now health care has gone through the roof. You know something? Calm down. <laughs> Donald Trump got elected. Things have a way of working out. <laughs> Fret not. Fear not. Can you say amen? amen? It's not like the world never used to go on. The world went on for years and years and years and years. Now you're in it, but I want you to know you're with the Lord. Things have a way of working out for you and for your household. I announce that. I prophesy that over you. Will you go through tests? Will you have your faith tried? Will will you have to have your patience tried and, and... And all the different things that God's working into your life are going to be tested. God allows the test to come, but I want you to know he's with you in it. There's a test in Matthew, the eighth chapter. If you could turn there in your Bibles, because here's a situation where Jesus was with his disciples. And this is the famous time where they were crossing the lake and the storm came in on them. And the disciples were with Jesus in the boat. This was on the Lake Gennesaret and some... Times we refer to it as the Sea of Galilee, but it's not a, it's not a large lake. I mean, it's, it's, it's 13 miles wide, 8 miles deep. And, um, and so, so when the winds would get pressed, compressed in between the mountains, it would stir up squalls and, and storms and so forth. And sometimes this could happen suddenly, and the next thing you know, you're in the middle of it. So they're crossing with, uh, with the disciples in the ship. And it says this in Matthew 8, verse 24. It says... Without warning, how many know things can happen to your life without warning? How many know crisis can all of a sudden come up out of nowhere before you know it? This thing happened and that thing happened and, and you, get, you get this stuff starting to pile up and without warning. 
everything has changed. In one week's time, everything has changed. In one week's time, the formula is different. But God's never taken by surprise. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. When I think about the waves, you know, uh, Nancy and I were in a hurricane years ago, and and before the wind ever showed up, the waves started pounding, but the, 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 the wind begins to push the water and the waves begin to pound. And it, it began to pound and pound and pound and pound and pound. And it never, never stopped. It just kept pounding and pounding. And I tell you, sometimes it just seems like one thing after another begins to pound you. And it seems like life won't let up. And you say, when is this going to end? When is this going to stop? But I want you to know, waves have a way of, of, of pounding and swamping the boat and never stopping and never ending. But I want you to know, if Jesus is in the boat, take heart. Amen? He's bigger than the waves. And so, it says, the waves swept over the boat. The waves swept over your life. The thing became overwhelming. In fact, the word overwhelming comes from this. The overwhelming of of water, the swamping. But Jesus was sleeping. You know, uh, the, the thing with tests is, Master's sleeping. It seems like he's not there. You ever, you ever try to get the answer from the teacher when you're having a test? It seems like the teacher's not there. The teacher's not going to give you the answer. Jesus wants to see you go through this thing. Jesus is sleeping. You're in the middle of something. It starts to go crazy. It starts to get complicated. It starts to turn weird. And the next thing you know, you can't hear God. And you're praying and you're asking, but, but you're not feeling God. It seems like he's asleep. This series of verses here, these four or five verses, are so awesome. One word at a time is so awesome. Jesus is sleeping when the waves are coming over the boat. But you know something? Uh, this is just how life is, and God wants you to see it here in the verses, right here in the Bible. Well, the disciples, they went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. We're going to drown. Sometimes we confess the worst possible scenario. As soon as the waves start pounding, we go right to the worst possible scenario. I want to caution you. How you think, you know, this is the carnal mind. The carnal mind wants to jump in the grave, first thing. I just want to die. We're just going to die. You're not going to die. Hold on. We're going to drown. See, see, if your if you're way of handling things is to panic and jump to the worst possible scenario, you need to understand you don't have this foundation stone, this, these seven words that I'm, I need you to get today. Things have a way of working out. No, instead, you, you think things have a way of killing me. Me and my whole family, we're going to die. We, we, we can't pay this. We can't pay it. Well, what are we going to do? We can't pay the electric bill. We're going to sleep on the street. We're going to live in a garbage can. What are we going to do? And then the kids are running around. Daddy, we're going to sleep in the garbage can. Hold on. You, 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 hold on. You need, to, you need to calm the kids down and tell them, you know, some th- things have a way of working out. But, but it's so funny. We jump right to the most possible negative thing. We, and, the, and these disciples come to Jesus and they say, we're all going to drown. Panic begets panic. Fear begets fear. You don't want fear to get going in your house. You don't want fear to, be, to, to have a, like a, a, a clear path in your house. As soon as it gets going, it just has a clear path. All, all of a sudden, everybody's afraid. But that's what happened here in this boat. These guys are fishermen, and yet they're all saying the same thing. We're going to drown. And they start to panic. Because you know what? Panic is contagious. Fear is contagious. 
Doubt is contagious. Worry is contagious. You're worried. You have so much worry on you. And you talk to people that are worried about things, they convince you to worry. You don't know what's going on here. I'm just telling you, this is a very bad situation we're in as a country, as a nation, as, a, as, as the world and the economy. And did you see the price of gas? Oh. They, it's contagious. But, but can, I, can, I, can I also plant this seed in your, in your thoughts? Faith is contagious too. Faith is contagious too. We need to start to have faith. Amen? And, and, I, and, I, and I, I tell my wife, the kids love to live in the garbage can. We love it. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get a nice garbage can. We're going to drown. Anyway, he replied, oh, he, he, he gives him a double rebuke, which is kind of, you know, lets you know where, he, where he's at on this. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? You of little faith, why are you so afraid? He doesn't just say afraid. He says so afraid. In fact, the word there is with a lack of courage. Where is your courage? You of, of, of little faith have no courage. You have little faith. I mean, you're, you're fishermen. You're supposed to be brave. You've got nothing that even resembles courage or bravery here. What happened? What happened? Little faith. And that word faith there, faith is a cool word because it means confidence in God. You, you, there's a trust that's unshakable. You just know he's God. Wait till you see. He's big. Wait till you see. Watch. Watch. Wait till you see. You have a confidence. Well, when that starts to shake, when that starts to, when, when that starts to not believe that God is big and he can do something, all of a sudden you've got no faith. You don't know where Jesus is. Seems to be sleeping. We're all going to drown. And so he rebuked the disciples, and then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. You know, he rebuked, or he choked off. He choked the wind and the waves. He shut it down. Jesus got up, and with all the noise that the wind and the waves were making, he told all that noise, shut up. And, and the, the word there is, literally, he gagged the wind and the waves. completely calm and the disciples looked around who is this who is this see i want you to know the wind is the thing that that drives the waves the wind can be stuff from your past the wind can be invisible it's way back there it's off in a distance but it's making the thing today be terrible it's making the thing that's right here be terrible but the wind is maybe causing this thing that now has fallen in your lap But Jesus stands up and he rebukes the wind and the wave. He rebukes the past and the present. He takes authority over the thing that's causing this thing and the thing that's happening now. That's the awesome thing about Jesus is he has authority over the past. He has authority over your mistakes. He has authority over all that consequences. Yesterday, today, and forever, he has authority. And I love it because it says, and it turned completely calm. I'll tell you, that's, that's the kind of master I need in my life. Turn this thing completely calm. When you get on the other side of it, you turn around and you think, why was I so afraid? The men were amazed and they asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. You know why? Because the wind and the waves, no matter where they came from, are not in charge. The wind and the waves, no matter how difficult it seems in your life right now, they're not in charge. No matter how bad the waves are getting right now, I want you to know they're not in charge. No matter how far away the wind is, it's blowing still in your life. 
It could be from years ago, still blow. It's not in charge of your life. The Lord is in charge. And the Lord is not past being able to jump up and rebuke this thing. You're doing this? Do this. You know, uh, in 1999, Nancy and I, we were on our 21st uh, wedding anniversary, and we went to celebrate it in uh, St. Martin, and it was um, November 18th, actually, is our wedding anniversary, and it was, was like the 13th, 14th, or whatever. We, we went there, and we were having a great time, beautiful St. Martin, and for some reason, I think we were at the store, and um, this guy behind us had a bunch of water and flashlights and batteries and things, and I thought, hey, what are you doing? He said, I'm just getting ready for the storm. Storm? He said, yeah, I mean, we might get a storm here. He says, uh, we flew from St. Thomas to St. Martin because the hurricane's going to hit St. Thomas, but we'll probably still get some of it. And I thought, I never heard that there was even a storm. So I, I, I thought, you know, really, I got to go home and, and watch the TV, find out what's going on. This, this, this hurricane's going to hit St. Thomas. And uh, what, what, what's so funny is many times before that, I, I would watch TV and I would see people that they would interview them days later, you know, covered in mud, hair all clothes, all battered and torn and stuff. And, they, you know, like these people, nice people from Kansas are in Cancun and, they, and, and they're, like, they're like, they're a wreck because they got stuck in this hurricane. And I used to think, you know, hey, so what? You deserved it. You should have you flew out of there. As soon as you hear a hurricane's coming, you get out of there, you know? You want to stay there and ride it out? Now I'll look at you. <laughs> so I go home, we turn on the TV, and the, and, and the guy on the news says, yeah, it's a Category 4 hurricane. It's really bad, but it's going to sweep north and hit St. Thomas and hit the other islands up there. And we thought, wow, that, that's, that's not good. But you know what? We, w- we woke up the next day, we turned on the thing, and the guy is there. He says, you can't believe what happened, but this storm didn't turn north. It's going to hit St. Martin. And by, by, by the time I heard that, I called American Airlines and I said, okay, so how do I get off the island right away? <laughs> and the person on the other end, and I remember, I, I, I don't, don't like this guy to this day. I forgive him. <laughs> but he said, yeah, you and a million other people trying to get off that island. He says, it's shut down. I mean, there's nobody. Just, you know, the, 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 the last two flights are on their way out and they are overbooked. You are stuck there, buddy. And so uh, that was it. Now I know what happened to those nice folks from Kansas and Cancun, because Nancy and I were on the news, you know, four days later, you know. But anybody that thinks a hurricane is fun, it ain't fun. Let me tell you something. You want to go through a little hurricane? You know, go in the middle of Hurricane Sandy and see if you think it's fun. Well, what happens is the first thing you do is you lose power. The power goes out. The wind is going crazy. It rained 34 inches in 24 hours. There were six feet of water in the, in, the, in, the, in the towns. There was no driving anywhere. There was a curfew. There was no rescue, no police. There was nobody out. No power, completely dark, pitch black, no toilets working. I need to paint this picture for you. No water, no food, no air conditioning. 95 degrees with wind going 100 miles an hour. And wind doesn't just go 100 miles an hour all by itself. It carries trees and limbs and rooftops and air conditioning units. And everything was hitting the side of our place. So all you heard was this, like it was like, a, it was like a freight train of wind. And all you heard was crash, bang, crash, windows smashing, boom, bang, all night long. <clears throat> it was there for 36 hours. 
They called it the hurricane that went the wrong way because it went from west to east. You know, and it baffled everyone. But anyway, we, we got out of our hotel room after 36 hours. We opened the door. We literally had to step up two feet on the trash that was banged up against our building. Our building was destroyed. The cars were all in the parking lot were all destroyed because a, 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 it spawned a tornado that came through and tur- turned all the cars around. Threw one car right through the picture window of, 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 uh, of our, our neighbor. And um, it was terrible. Martial law, couldn't go anywhere. Nobody had any food. There was, a, there was a line five miles long for hamburgers because the, the one little shop had hamburgers. And then there was another line that was only uh, you know, 30, 40 people deep that had hot dogs. I got in that line. I thought to myself, you, the guy is going to run out of hamburgers. It's, you can't feed a thousand hamburgers out of nothing. So anyway, we, we got hot dogs, Nancy and I, and then we cherished these hot dogs. I'll tell you, it's like, it was like we were eating sirloin. <laughs> After four days of not eating, you know, the hot dog was like, this is the best. Why don't we have these back home? <laughs> but, but what's so funny is that God will allow us to go through storms in life, and you cannot get out of it. But God will teach you through it to trust Him and to have faith. Amen? Amen. And, 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 and understand that it did not take God by surprise. God knew it was coming. Now, why we went through that hurricane, I still to this day have no idea, but we did go through it. We did pray for 36 straight hours. Maybe that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. And I heard that there was a song, because everybody at the church was praying for us too, because they heard... Pastor Steve and Nancy were caught in this terrible hurricane. They prayed, and there was songs birthed out of it, you know, worship songs that we sang for years after that about, you know, praise the Lord, he saved our pastor, something like that. <laughs> but uh, what, what, what? The track that your mind thinks along, it begins to get deeper and deeper. So you've you got to make sure your mind thinks on the right track. You have to start to train your mind to say, no, God's in charge, and things have a way of working out. Things have a way of working out. Because your track, the track that your mind thinks on will get deeper and deeper. Pretty soon, if your mind tracks toward fear, that, that track gets deeper and deeper. Instantly, your thoughts go to fear. Anything happens, you go to fear. Anything happens, you go to worry. Instantly. And what happens is, because your mind so quickly goes to fear, you're able to do, or you're able to cope with, less and less. You're able to do less and less. You're not able to shoulder any real responsibility because you instantly track to the little. You instantly track to the, to the fear. And so you're able to do less and less. I can't handle it. I can't take another phone call. I can't take another thing. I can't take another, I can't take another hit. And we begin to speak over ourselves what we can't, 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 can't. You don't understand how little I am. You understand, if it's the slightest bit complicated, I just lose it. And we begin to do less and less, responsible for less and less, able to accomplish less and less. But I want you to know, God wants you to be able to do more and more. You're going to go through a storm so that you can come out on the other side of it and say, you know what, the Lord never fails us The next storm that comes, I know how this thing turns out. Things have a way of working out. Oh, yeah, you want to get shook. The devil wants to shake you. The devil wants to stop you. The devil wants to cause fear to come into your life and into the life of your family. And all of a sudden, everything's a big deal. Money's a big deal. This is a big deal. 
Now this has happened. That's a big deal. You know something? It's not a big deal for the Lord. Things have a way of working out. I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to worry. I showed up for the job interview. The guy threw me out of his office. You know something? I'm not going to quit. Why? Because things have a way of working out. That guy wished he could hire me. No way. I'm not helping you. Do you know that the Holy Spirit gives us the gift of faith? It's a gift. It's a gift to help us be able to cope with life. Because life is going to come at you and things will begin to pile up. There are some things that's going to happen to you that you don't like. Some things that are going to happen to you that you don't understand. And you're either going to start to panic or fret or worry or want to sit down or disagree with it. But, but what's going to happen is, is what you should do is exercise faith. Exercise faith. And say, you know something? I'll bet you something good comes out of this thing. I, I look at the young people that, that are in all the, involved in all the different areas of the church. I say to myself, you know something? Things have a way of working out. These guys are going to get it. They're going to get strong. They're going to get smart. They're going to get bold. They're going to get spiritual. They're going to get prophetic. They're going to get healings and miracles. They're going to get it. They're going to lead us into the next revival. I'll tell you, things have a way of working out. God is on the throne. He's on the throne. Faith is a New Testament word. It's not really an Old Testament word. If you look it up, the word is not used in the Old Testament. Faithful is used in the Old Testament, but not faith. It's a New Testament word. Because you see, in the Old Testament, we had to do everything. In the New Testament, we have to trust everything. Amen? Amen. So faith, faith says, you know what, God? You're on the throne. You, you are the maestro. You are the mastro, I, master of my life. I'm going to trust you with everything. I want to give you these things that have a way of working out if. If, number one, if you remember, he's in the boat. He's always in the boat. He will always be in the boat with you. It might seem like he's sleeping. I want you to know he's in the boat. The devil wants to tell you he's not in the boat. Because you know why these are consequences. These are consequences that's happening to you. No, no, he's in the boat. Don't tell me this is because of consequences. Nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. If, If you were always going to be punished for all the mistakes you make, Come on, we're all the same. And the devil wants to tell you, you know, you're special. And this, this stuff is happening to you in your life because of the mistakes that you made. You need to tell him, uh-uh, you know something? Christ is in the boat and things have a way of working out. Things have a way of working out. He's in the boat. You might not feel him. But you know, when you're a baby Christian, you feel the Lord all the time. He's speaking to you all the time. You're hearing God's voice. You're reading scripture. It's unbelievable. But then God gets you to the point where he wants you to walk by faith. You're not going to feel me. I'm not going to be giving you the chills. You're not going to be crying every time you open up the Bible. You're going to walk by faith. And he does the same thing with tests. He allows you to go through the test and it seems like he's sleeping. But I want you to know something. And this is not a secret because it shows us right here in the Bible. But he's in the boat. He's in the boat. Don't forget it. Amen. Turn and tell your neighbor right now, things have a way of working out. Come on, come on. He's in the boat. Fret not. Don't always panic. Don't get your panic on me. And then next, things have a way of working out. If you don't think the worst, 
These guys were thinking the worst, and they're saying the worst, and they're praying the worst. Sometimes people pray, Lord. Anyway, so this is a very terrible situation. It is really bad. It is terrible, terrible. And Lord, I am going to lose the house, and I know that. And I am going to lose my car, and I know that. And I am going to lose my life, and I know that. Wow, you know a lot. You know a lot. We are going to drown, Lord, and we know that, unless you get up and do something. Well, the Lord says, maybe you are going to drown, but I'm not going to drown. No. See, and, and then we tell ourselves we can't handle it. I can't handle it. I can't, I can't do that. I can't, I can't deal with it. I'll tell you. And we begin to prophesy over ourselves. I, I cannot deal with this. I cannot deal with this another day. Oh, well, yeah, you can, because another day is coming, and you will deal with it. Why don't you say things have a way of working out? I cannot deal with it. And some of you guys, come on, I'm calling you out now today. Some of you guys are like, this is killing me. I mean, this this is killing me. It's not killing you. Don't say that. Unless you're willing to be killed. Go ahead. Call it on yourself. This is killing me. You're killing me. Look, hey, you're killing me, buddy. You're killing me. He's not killing you. He's just waiting for you to say, hey, you know what? Things have a way of working out. But instead, you're saying another thing. I want you to know, don't think the worst. Don't say the worst. Don't confess it over yourself and don't pray it. Don't think the worst. And third, address your fear. Face off with it. Everybody has fear. Face it down. Tell it to shut up. Choke it off. Rebuke it. Tell it to sit down. You know, Jesus said, why are you so afraid? He asked the question to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Oh, ye of little faith, why are you so afraid? I think sometimes when we're in the middle of something and we are feeling fear, we need to ask ourselves, why am I feeling this fear? Because God has the answer to that question, and so do you really. But, but, but sometimes the answer to that question all of a sudden dispels the fear. Why am I so afraid? You know why? Because I think I'm going to lose this. Or because I think that's going to happen. Or because I think of this. Or ultimately, why am I so afraid? Is because I think God is not on the throne. Or I think God doesn't have this under control. So why am I so afraid? And then you say to yourself, I shouldn't be. He's on the throne. Fear paralyzes you. Faith releases you. See, what happens with fear is it causes you to be able to do less and less. Faith causes you to be able to do more and more. Now, remember that God is the maestro of every single thing. Sometimes I think people think that God's not in charge of the big events in your life. Like, you're there at the altar, and you're saying, I do, to the person. And you're thinking, I hope this is the right thing. Can I tell you something? That's the wrong time to be thinking that. (laughs) But you think God's not involved in your life? It's not until a year later that people actually come to my office and say, I just think we made a giant mistake. Well, what did you think before you got married? Oh, we thought it was God. We thought it was this. We thought, it, oh, yeah, I remember because I, I have it right here in recording, you know. All right, let me play it for you. Oh, this is God. This is God. This is God. <laughs> a year later, you're telling me it's not God. No. I, I, I think what's happening now is all of a sudden you're, you're, you're forgetting that God is the maestro. God is the orchestrator. You're going through a test. 
Hang in there. Hang in there. You're going to go through tests in your marriage, but things have a way of working out. You're going to go through tests with your kids, but things have a way of working out. Hang in there. God is the maestro. You think he's forgotten this little thing called marriage? You think he's forgotten this little thing called your mortgage? You think he's forgotten the little thing called your job? He's the maestro of the littlest things in your life. He hasn't forgotten this big thing. You're not going to die in your marriage. You're not going to get killed. Pots are flying. Pans are flying. You don't know, Pastor. It's very close. I know, but things have a way of working out. Hang in there. Men, hang in there. Menopause. That's all I'm going to say. You know, my, my wife says men have menopause too. Yeah, it's double trouble. Double trouble. God is the maestro of the details of your life. The big stuff, the little stuff, the financial stuff, life and death, tragedy, crisis. God is able. The more complicated it is, the more God is able to do the whole thing. Amen? And sometimes, and I pray that this is what happens, sometimes you feel the grace of God on you to release control to him. God, you know something? You have it all under control. And I want you to know, a lot of times, the more complicated something is, the more glory God gets. The more crisis the thing is, the more glory God gets. The, 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 the crazier it gets, the more glory God gets. But you just need to know, my Christianity needs to be more than failing every other week panicking every other week, telling everybody you're going to drown every other week. Your Christianity needs to be more than that, where you actually begin to confess, God is on the throne, and I give glory to him. Because I'm just telling you, somehow in my life, things have a way of working out. I give glory to God. I give glory to God. Anyway, there are three myths I want to just quickly give you here quickly. But the myth that anything can happen. I want you to know anything can't happen because God is the one who allows things in and out of your life. Anything can't happen. The only thing that can happen in my life is something that God has already said, I'll allow it. Are you there? Anything can't happen to me, only the stuff that God says, I'll allow it. So, so anyway, I had these kidney stones. God allowed it. So I'm telling the Lord, no, I know you allowed this. You know? But things have a way of working out. And then the next one is prepare for the worst. Prepare for the worst. You never know. You never know. Prepare for the worst. Can I just sow this seed into your minds? Prepare for the best. Prepare for the best. God has something for you. Well, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And what if this happens? Hey, prepare for the best. What if that happens? Amen. I really believe God wants, to, God wants to spark revival. What if that happens? Amen. And then finally, you know, uh, the, the, the dictates, the outside dictates that, that will uh, enforce themselves on you that you don't have control over. Like when somebody says it's who you know. 
I'll tell you how, I'll tell you, if you're going to get into that, if you're going to go there, if you're going to get that job, if you're going to do it, it's who you know. It's not who you know. It's who you know. You already know him who's over everything. Can you say amen? I want to just show you one more scripture verse. If you could put that up, uh, it's Romans 8, 28. Do you have that? For God works in all things. God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I, I, want, I want to announce this over us, that God works all things together for good. He is the maestro of your life. He is working on all the little details. You are not off on the sidelines, even though you're not perfect. I, I tell you, God is, not, God is not punishing you. He's working out the details. He's going to work it out for good for you. Amen? Amen? I want you just one more time, turn to your neighbor, tell him, things have a way of working out. Things have a way of working out. As for me and my house, come on, things have a way of working out. I don't know what it is. As for my kids, things have a way of working out. As for my finances, things have a way of working out. As for my health, things have a way of working out. Thanks for listening to the New Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, check us out online by visiting www.atnewlife.org. Also, if you're in the Rhode Island or Massachusetts area, we invite you to join us this Sunday at one of our services. Visit atnewlife.org locations for more information. Mm-hmm.